all of that. Amen. Maybe you don't see him working, but that doesn't mean he's not working. He's always on the job and he's always touching hearts and mending the broken pieces. Amen. Let's just bow our heads together. Father, Lord, we just want to say how much we love you and appreciate you, Lord. Thankful, Lord, we can sing songs like this, Lord, of, of the times you made a way when there seemed to be no way. The times you made, you've done miracles in our hearts and lives. The times you lifted us up, Lord, when we were down. And Lord, and when we didn't know it and we didn't see it, we didn't feel it, you were still there working, moving obstacles out of the way, touching hearts, bringing things together. Because you are a way maker, Lord. We're leaning on that way maker tonight, Lord. And we just ask, Father, you'll come and speak to our hearts and lives. And you'll strengthen us, Lord, in the service this evening. Or if there be anything we've done or said that would not be pleasing, God, that you'd put it in the sea of your forgetfulness, Lord. We just ask the blood of God to cover every heart and every life. Let your presence move, Lord, freely among us, Father. If there be anything we've allowed, Lord, to... Get us out of order. May we just right now just submit our spirits to you, Lord, and allow you to work and you to touch and you to minister and you to, Lord, to come on the scene for these needs, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Amen. Also, you can turn to... Revelations 1 and verse 16 as well. Amen. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I just want to look on that word today, uh, this evening on quick. It means alive. I mean, the word of God is quick. Also, Revelations 1 and verse 16 says, He and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Also, real quick to Romans 8, 11, said, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you, amen. We'll let you be, be seated. I'd like to speak to you on the light, the quickening power. Light, the quickening power. This quick, as I said, it means to be alive. It means to be breathing. It means to be among the living. In other words, not lifeless nor dead. But it means to be active. It means blessed. It means to be endless in the kingdom of God. It's also a living, as a living water having vital power in itself and exerting the same power upon the soul. It also is to be full of vigor, to be fresh, to be strong, to be efficient, to be active, to be powerful, to be efficacious. 
That's what the Word of God is to us tonight. Amen. And you know, every one of us, we find ourselves in life as we were as seeds planted in the ground. We were dead. And we had to go through a time of dying, amen, to be birthed. But it would take a light that would shine upon our lives that would begin to create a certain, a certain atmosphere around us to where we would come to life. And that, that you know, a seed is, has no power in it unless it comes to life. It can never bring forth a fruit. It can never bring forth a branch or a leaf. It can never bring forth one little blade of grass unless that seed dies and that seed comes to life. And God, that's God's, uh, de- uh, that's God's desire. He, he, he wants the earth to be fruitful and replenish. He wants, amen, seeds. That was what he placed in the earth was to come forth and to come out of the ground. Amen. Not to just lay there dormant or not to lay there dead or lay there lifeless, but there to be a life that would come upon them and begin to pull them out of the muck and the mire that they were in into the presence of the Son. And we can see that in Ephesians 2 and verse 1. It says, You hath he quickened or made alive who were once dead in trespasses and sins. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversations in times past in the lust of our flesh, or our manner of living is what conversation means, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath as others, but God, who is rich in mercy, for with his great love wherewith he loved us. I'm thankful. That just shows me before we were lovable, he loved us. Amen. Before we were righteous, he loved us. Before we were, amen, come to our, our, ourselves and we, and we realized who we really was, he loved us because of his mercy and his grace. Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together in Christ. Even when we were laying in that old mud pile and that old muck and that old, that old miry clay, God, rich in mercy, looked down over where we were laying and he placed a seed on the inside of there and he came looking for that seed. He came looking for that life to come forth at a certain time. He would pull Paul out in the Ephesian church age and he'd pull out others down through the dark ages, but he came down to this last age and these last times and he's still looking for seeds to come to life. He's still looking for children of God to rise up out of the miry clay and out of the sin and out of the unbelief and out of the, out of the gloom as it were and rise into the, into the heavenlies. Amen. Even when we were dead in sins and he has quickened us or made us alive together with Christ by grace ye are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He would also say in Colossians 2 and verse 13 he said, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Hallelujah. Having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way and nailed it to his cross and has spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly triumphant over them in it. Amen. Oh my, that song that says there's no wall he won't tear down. There's no lie he won't tear down. Amen. He's going to come after his. 
Amen. No matter what the devil has tried to fence them in and, and uh, cover them up with sin and unbelief, that light of God is going to search his seeds out. He's going to search, and I believe he's still searching tonight. Amen. I believe God is still calling the lost. I believe God is still calling the lost to be sons and daughters of God. Amen. I don't believe mercy is over because God is rich in mercy. God is abundant in mercy, and he's got enough mercy to last all the way down to the very last call. Amen. I don't believe we got down to 2023 and God's dipping way down and saying, you know what, angels, I ain't got enough mercy for that one. I ain't got enough mercy for that one. No, sir. If there's a seed of God on the inside, God still got mercy for that seed because God is rich in mercy. How many is grateful for that? I'm thankful that God didn't come in 1975. Amen. Because there was a seed that had to be born in 1976. I'm glad he didn't come in 1980 because that seed still had to come to life. Come on, why did he not? Because there were seeds laying there. Why are we still here? Because there's still seeds laying in the ground that has to come to life. Amen. I believe God is still calling. God is still wooing. And he's showing he'll spoil principalities. He'll spoil powers. He'll spoil hell to go down to where one of his children are. He'll break down bars. He'll break down walls. He'll, he'll tear down unbelief. He'll, he'll tear down every kind of thing the devil will ever try to do to hold one of his. Why? Because God is still rich in mercy and he's still seeking those that are lost. Hallelujah. I, I just got a call this Sunday afternoon as I stepped out the building there and was speaking to, to uh, uh, Brother Conroy, I believe it was, and, and I got a call from Brother Kelly. He said, hey, I just wanted to call you. He said, I, I wanted to give you a little update. He said, you remember when you came, he said, Brother Reuben came with his wife that had been diagnosed with MS and God came down and, and touched his heart and how, and how God has set it all up and, and the service that took place and he came down for prayer and, and he said he wanted to give his heart to the Lord. He said, he's missed one service or one Sunday. They live about two or three hours from church right now, but he said he'd missed one service, one Sunday morning since then. He said, but he was here this Sunday and he said, I want to have a moment with you, Brother Kelly. He said, I want to tell you what God's doing in my life. He said, you know, you gave me a church age book and he said, that book is one of the most powerful books I ever read in my life. He said, it's beginning to, he said, I couldn't put it down. I read it in a few days. I'm reading it again and I'm reading it again. He he said, I believe God is trying to speak to me. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, when I came down to that, that prayer line with my wife and, and I gave my heart to God, he said, do you know what? He said, I don't no more want to smoke. I don't want to drink. I don't want no more drugs. I don't want nothing more that the world has ever given me. I found something better. Hallelujah. What was it? God rich in mercy. God calling out to a seed that was laying on the inside. It may have laid dormant for years, been out of church for years, but God don't give up. God still keeps searching. God still keeps turning over this stone, calling out to that one, calling out to that one. Why? He is looking for his own. And he said, I will not lose one of mine. Hallelujah, I ought to give you confidence tonight. God's not going to lose you. He, he's not going to give up on you. He's not going to turn you down. But God's going to be there for you, calling and wooing. Hallelujah. And he'll spoil principalities and powers to make it happen. 
Hallelujah. He'll tear down demon strongholds that has held a man for 20 years, been out and away from God and come on a, on a service and he'll orchestrate it a certain way to speak to him heart exactly what he had cried out. Why? Because he's God rich in mercy. Hallelujah. Matthew 27 and verse 62, we can read about the uh, resurrection morning. We, 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 we know it as, a, as one of our cornerstones, as we would say. Amen. It's, what, it's, it's actually the thing that holds the Bible all together. Because if he'd have came and he'd have died and he'd have went to a grave, that'd have been just an ordinary man. But he said, I'm going to lay my life down and I got power to raise it up again. It proved who he really was. And we can read here in verse 62 of Matthew chapter 27. Since the next day, this is following the crucifixion, that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together into Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days, I'll rise again. Uh, amen. They remembered what he said, but they couldn't do nothing about him rising again. They remembered what he had said. Listen, the devil listens to the word of God. He believed the devil listens. He, he believes and trembles. He knows what the Bible said. He knows that there's going to be a bride without spot, without wrinkle. I remember what his word said, but there ain't nothing he can do about it. There's going to be a bride without spot, without wrinkle. He remembers there's going to be a resurrection in this last day. But there ain't nothing he can do about it. He can plan all he wants to to try to stop it, but it'll not stop it. Mm-hmm. Amen, sir. We remember that that deceiver said, well, if he was really a deceiver, why are they worried about what he said? Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure unto the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people he is risen from the dead so the last heir shall be worse than the first. <laughs> Pilate said unto them, you have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. The devil tried to make as sure as he could to keep you from coming to life. He tried to make it as sure as he could to keep you sealed in his tomb and sealed in your unbelief and sealed in your doubt. He tried to do everything. Go make it as sure as you can. But if there's a seed in there, it's going to come out. Amen. So they went and they made the sepulchre sure sealing the stone and setting a watch. <laughs> Amen. The devil was sure he was going to hold some of y'all in drugs. He was sure he was going to hold you in pornography. He was sure he was going to trap you one way or another. He was sure that you was going to be down and defeated a long time ago. He was sure you would have done gave up by now. He was sure you would have said this message ain't for me. I might as well walk away. He was sure he would pour it on you and pour it on you and pour it on you and, and to destroy your finances and destroy your family and destroy everything. He he was sure by now you would give up. But he doesn't realize the quickening power that can come to a seed. Amen. 
In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. To me, I love that right there. Because he took the stone that sealed him in there. They had taken the Roman seal and they had put it all around there to make sure there was no disciple could sneak up during the night and tear it apart and put a guard around it and everything else. But here comes this light and it comes down and it blinds them and it put, and there's such a power that comes forth that it breaks the seals off the stone. And then he rolls that stone over and see something you think's a great big hindrance is nothing to God. Amen. He can try to put a great big stone over your life. He can try to seal you in. He can try to keep you in. He can try to bow you. He can try to do whatever he wants to. But when that light begins to come down and begins to pull upon your life, it'll break seals. It'll pull stones out of the way. It'll do whatever it has to. And then it'll roll that big old problem over and it'll sit down on it. What you thought was impossible is nothing but a place for God to sit upon. What you thought was impossible is a place God can show you. I've got authority. I've got power. And I've got ability. Come on, somebody. We're going to have church tonight. Amen. Because I know, amen, the devil's been telling me what you're dealing with is impossible. What you're dealing with, there ain't no way. There ain't no help. There's nothing can be done about it. But the light is coming down. And it's pulling the seed out. And it's pulling the power of God out. And it's breaking seal and rolling stones away. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, he rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his countenance was like lightning. as a bright light. And his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers, the ones that was going to make sure that this wasn't going to happen. The one, <laughs> do you see how God did it? He said, y'all just go make sure. But in y'all's making sure, it's going to prove who I am. Hello, somebody. And you making sure that the stone is going to stay there and that, that the body's going to stay there, it's actually going to really, truly prove who I am. And somebody said this here a while back. It was a powerful thought. Listen, God didn't move the stone away for himself. He could walk through walls. That body of Jesus could have stood up and walked right through that stone wall, right to the outside. He didn't need the stone to move away for him to pull, come out. But he moved the stone for you. He moved the stone so you would know, amen, the power of God came down and it broke the seal of the Romans and it, and it caused the keepers who were gonna make sure. Mercy, Jesus. Amen. Those drugs that were going to make sure, that alcohol that was going to make sure, that tobacco that was going to make sure, that, uh, that, uh, that adultery that was going to make sure, whatever it was, the devil had positioned upon your life was going to make sure it actually, and, and it's defeat proved that God has done something for you. 
and the fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here, for he is risen. Did you just follow the context of all of that? The lightning came down, white as raiment, wool, sitting on the, he breaks the seal, breaks the stone, sits upon it. And then he said, he's not here. His body was already gone. <laughs> he was showing without, without any doubt, without any kind of thing that they could come up with. Listen, the keepers had to say, hey, something's happened. They had to testify, amen, something they saw, amen, they came as dead men. He made them stand still so they couldn't do nothing about it. They couldn't stop the stone from rolling away. They couldn't keep the seals on there. They couldn't put it back if they wanted to put it. They became as dead men. He made them stand still and see the glory of God. Hallelujah. That's exactly what happened on your resurrection day when God came over your life and lightning came down like his as, as it were from heaven and it struck something on the inside of you. The enemy that was holding you and he was holding and he was holding and light fell down and it broke them and they became as dead men. What was it? They became powerless. No more could they hold you. No more could they keep you. No more could they put you back. Hallelujah. They didn't get him out and they couldn't put him back. Come on, somebody. That devil didn't get you out of where you was. God brought you out. And if God brought you out, the devil won't put you back in. He cannot do what God has already done for you. It's quickening power. The word of God was spoken many, many hundreds of years before his coming of his crucifixion, of his death, of his suffering. But it also spoke of his resurrection. All the things that Jesus did and all, the, all of his vindication of God's word and what he did for, to fulfill it, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, preaching the gospel to the poor, fulfilling every word that God said that he would do when he came. And then also suffering for our sins in our stead to be the propitiation for our sin at the cross where no one else could have done it but him. But above all of that, I think the resurrection on Easter morning, it sealed the whole thing. Because there had been prophets on the earth before and they had prophesied before. They had healed the sick before. They had raised the dead before. They had done the same signs Jesus was doing. But the resurrection proved who he was. It proved that the quickening power was there and it sealed the word of God forever for the believer. All gloom and all doubt was shattered on this blissful morning. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, think about it. I want you to kind of key on that word gloom right there because we're going to get somewhere on that. Man had been shut up as it was in a prison house. Amen. But what happened? God came down and he became flesh and, and he moved among them and he did signs and wonders and all that's one. Wonderful, but he and he died for their sin, and he said it's finished, and all that's great. 
But it wouldn't have been for that resurrection morning. It'd have been just as any other man. His dying would have been in vain. Because it would not have done anything for us. It was that resurrecting power that sealed it all. Amen. It sealed the word of God forever. It settled it. When that one came and said, I have power to lay my life down and I have power to take it up again and then go prove what he said he would do. God purposed to prove his word, the truth. There's only one man that could do that, and that was Jesus. And he came, and he proved it to be the truth. It sealed it. That broke the seals of gloom. It scattered all superstition, where great men had raised up and said great things and done marvelous things, but still in the grave today. But our Christian religion is the one that has an empty tomb. Not just a dead man in a grave and died for something for a good cause. No, but he raised again. And he's still living among us. It's the quickening power. And that's what sets you apart from other religions. You can raise the dead. You can do all kinds of things. But if that quickening power ain't on the inside of you, you're just as any other person, any other religion. Come on now. Our Christian religion is the only one that has an empty tomb. It proves to me that he's the God of the dead and he's the God of the living. That he can raise up the dead and bring back to life. And this quickening power, this quickening spirit has proved through the years that he's the one who can quicken the dead back to life again. Oh my, that's what's going to separate a bunch of people one day is the quickening power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not only to change their lives, but also change their bodies. Come on now. That is what's going to separate one religion from all other religions. One belief from all other beliefs. Is the change of the body. That's when he proved he had the pro- he was by his promise that great quickening power, conquering power he had on resurrection morning. He proved there he can conquer death, hell and the grave. And then he said there in Revelation, we read, I am he that is dead, but is alive again. Come on now. What, what good is a dead God? What good is a dead man somewhere in the tomb? Muhammad's, they got a dead man. Buddha's got a dead man. All these other major religions got dead men. Amen, but we don't have just a dead man somewhere. One day he's going to rise, and one day he's going to do this, and one day he's going to come back. No, sir, he is here among us. He has risen from the dead, and it proves to us that he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Therefore, if I go by the way of the grave, he has the power to go across my ashes and raise me up again. Brother Brown would say it like this, and I was uh, getting to that point I was making. God hastened the day that when we as Christians who believe this Bible can prove what we're talking about. 
when we can prove by our lives and by the Bible that our lives are vindicating that word to be living today, that's the day we're looking for. God living today, not even living 50, 60 years ago. God living today. Amen. As he said in Romans 8, if the spirit that raised up Jesus Christ be in you, it'll also quicken your mortal bodies. Not only did he prove to him, but he also proved to us that he was Jehovah Redeemer and had power over death, hell, and the grave. But he also gave us the access to the same spirit to the same quickening power, to the same life, the same spirit that raised that body up from the grave is the same spirit that quickens you tonight. For the spirit that raised Jesus from the grave dwells in your body. It would also quicken it or make it alive after death. People want the quickening power, but they don't want the death. He could never get to the quickening power unless he went through the death. And you will never get to the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, unless you're willing to die. Unless you can come to that part in Gethsemane and says, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Not what I desire, what I think's right, but what you think is right. Not what I want, but what you want. Not what I, I'm, I'm looking for, but what you're looking for in me, God. That's what I want. Oh, but we want the power. But what about the death? I mean, it's common sense. If, you go, if you're going to be raised up in the resurrection, you're going to have to die. Right? You have to go by the way of the grave. Same in this, in this life. If you don't die now, you won't raise then. Amen. But see, this world has been shut up in doubt. But it was proven at that moment. Not only talked about, but proven that Jesus said, and as Jesus said, go therefore, teach all nations. Prove to them. How do you prove to them? Well, I tell you what I got. I got a bunch of degrees on my wall of the message, and I can tell you, and I can bring it up and down one side or the other. That ain't what he said. By demonstration. By demonstrating the power of God to them. These signs shall follow them that believe. Them who promise and say they believe, he give a definite understanding of that, that these signs would follow them that believe. It would be the proof of their testimony. Signs or wonders are proof that you truly believe. Well, we don't need signs and wonders. Well, then you don't believe. Amen. It's, 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 this ain't some crazy uh, algebra here. It's one plus one equals two. Well, you know, we, we, we need greater things. Well, start believing first. Amen. It'd be proof of their testimony. But until we have the proven sign that he said that would be upon us, then we're just confessing to be believers and not the possession of believers. Direct quote. If you, if you don't have that in your midst or in your body working among you, then you're just confessing you believe. It's one of the most fought after 
things. Brother Wayne just sent a quote on that. I'm trying to remember it right off. It's Mark 16. Go in all the world and preach the gospel. Preach. Demonstrate. Show people a living God. Well, I ain't a preacher. Well, you can do it at your work. Show them somebody that's died and rose again. Show them somebody that once was a life of of sin and disobedience and, and fulfilling the lust of the flesh, but now that old man's dead. He don't live no more. He don't do the things he used to. He might have used to pull some dirty deals and cheat people out of money, but that that ain't what he does no more. He died. But now there's somebody else that's rose again. These signs shall follow them in all the world and every creature. These signs shall follow them in my name. They shall cast out devils. What did we do to Reuben? We cast out devils. It was demons there in his life of smoking and demons of, 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 of drinking and demons of doping. Demons of unbelief. Truly, that's what happened. The demon of unbelief, got, he got delivered from it. For a long time, he didn't believe he could be saved. For a long time, he didn't believe it was for him. Him and his family walked out years before, but all of a sudden, he had a need, and he said, if I can just get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment, then we can be, I can find healing for my wife. Something began to stir or something that caused him to believe. And he comes to that service, and God anoints a man to go right down his life and call out the very thing that was going on. Bring him right to the same spot. And unbelief broke off of him. He said, God does hear my cry. God does know what I'm going through. God does see who I am. He's heard me. Come down that next night and he said, I want to serve a God who has mercy like that. That can come down to my pew and hear my cry and then call out my knee. I want to serve that God. And we laid hands on him as the Bible said and we cast it off and God delivered the boy. He's still in the delivering business. That was his last commissioned the church. They shall, they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues. Um, yeah. If they're taking up deadly things, serpents drinking a deadly thing, it'll not harm them. Now, I personally look at this this way. If you happen to find something deadly, I believe God can overlook that and have mercy on it. But I, I look at the things that we have to do today. We, have to ta- we had to take a vaccine to travel. You know what? The only reason why I was wanting I would do it was to go to minister the gospel. And I said, Lord, these signs shall follow them that believe. If this thing is deadly, it will not harm me. Medicines you have to take sometimes for certain situations, cancer, uh, all kinds of things that you got to do. Amen. You can take it, but I believe God can anoint that medicine to go to where the issue is. Amen. And it not harm you, but harm the sickness. Amen. And they shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. 
they shall recover. That's his last commission to the church. And it's still in effect. Doesn't matter what some preacher said, it's still in effect. Doesn't matter what critics say, it's still in effect. It's the quickening power that was handed to the church. Paul ordaining it years later in the church. Galatians 1 said, If an angel from heaven preaches to you any other gospel than this, which is already received, let him be accursed. Next sentence. I believe this is 65. Just in case you need to know. Hashtag notice the date. Next sentence, I believe that Pentecost began without an ending. I believe it's to be to every creature at all times, at all place, that the Pentecost, that Pentecost should always remain. The Pentecostal blessing should always be upon the people. Hallelujah. And now what is this Pentecostal blessing? It is the confirmation of the resurrection. So let Pentecost be a dirty word to you if you want to. But as for me and my house, I believe it ought to go to every mother, every father, every son, every daughter, every church. It is a confirmation of the resurrection. No wonder the gospel itself means good news. Good news, good news of what? He's raised from the dead. Well, I got cancer. Well, I got good news. He's raised from the dead. Come on, somebody. I got a son or a daughter out there lost. I've got good news. He is raised from the dead. Hallelujah, what are you saying that for? Because death was the most evil thing and the greatest power that was held against man and God himself came down in human flesh and he put it under his foot. And I'm reminded, I'm reminded as Brother Brandon would pray for that maniac there in Portland, Oregon, and he would cast that devil out and they would ask, was he delivered? And he'd say, no, he worships that demon. But he would say, will you roll him off my feet? And he would go up and he says, as I was saying, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And about that time, somebody popped up out of a wheelchair and another one jumped off the car and another one ran screaming. He said, when about five minutes time, every person in the building was delivered. He said, why? He said, because that chief of that tribe of demons had made a challenge. But he lost. Lord of God, but he lost. Death you lost. Death, you lost. And when that chief lost, everyone under him fell also. Hallelujah. There's resurrection power that's among us tonight. Death, you lost. Therefore, cancer, you lose. Lord, a car. Sugar diabetes, you lose. High blood pressure, you lose. Sin, you lose. He's raised from the dead. And because I live, ye shall live also. Oh, Jesus. 
Ye were who once dead in sins and trespasses. God has quickened us together by the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. We are now sitting in heavenly places. Ooh, what a joy to tell people that story that believes it's the truth. <laughs> Do you believe it to be the truth tonight? He said, well, he said, but I'm wondering what's really happening. This is the very next quote. He said, are we getting people to God or are we getting them to a church? We must get them to Christ, this quickening power. Oh, it's good to go to church. It's that's as far as you go. That's not far enough. He said, when you come to church, that's good, but go on to Christ because he must receive, you must receive this quickening power. If we're ever expected to be in that general resurrection because it's the only one that ever brings us from the dead. For if this spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it'll also quicken you and bring your life, bring life to your mortal bodies. What a promise. The very essence of the resurrection is to tell and show and prove Jesus has raised from the dead. He's not dead. He's living and he lives here and he lives with us and I'll be with you even in you till the end of the world. As Christians, we all claim he's alive or we've been quickened from life from death to life by the spirit. But if we haven't been quickened, then we haven't been made alive. Notice, it's the same spirit that raised him up from the dead, that raised him up from the grave that is dwelling in us. How could that be? The spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is dwelling in us. Now, it's the spirit that quickens it's the spirit is quickened. It's not the word that quickens. It's the spirit that quickens. Hello. Well, we got the word. We got the word. Well, you have to have the spirit too or the word's just dead. It's the spirit that quickens the word or gives the word life. It gives it wings to fly. <laughs> Why does it need wings to fly? Because it needs to fly over there to where that devil's sitting on your property and bomb him. Come on now. You can say it all you want to. You can say it, you can say it, you can say it, and you say it. But if the spirit ain't in that word, it don't have wings to fly. It don't have, it gonna fall, hit the ground. But if there's spirit that comes with that word, it's gonna fly. And listen. God had a homing device way before man ever, ever invented one. He knows exactly where to go to somebody and to something. He knows exactly where that devil's been camping out on your little spot and he's been camping down and he's clamped down on your joy or he's clamped down on your happiness and your peace. He's clamped down on, on the things of life in your heart and you're wondering what, amen, but if you can just ever get into the spirit of God and let it begin to move on the inside of you, amen, a little later, I mentioned it last, last week, but Lord willing, we'll get there. Amen. This sword is a two-mouthed sword. It's got to be spoke from the word of God, from God's lips, and then it's got to go on the believer's lips. 
Come on now. It's got to be you speaking it, but not just speaking a letter or speaking something laying there on paper, but something become inspired to you and the spirit quicken and say, hey, that's what I'm going through. That's what's happening right now. I'm going to speak it in the name of Jesus. And you watch it. Wings will come out of there. And it'll start holding in on that devil. And it'll start bombing him and bombing him and bombing him until he's obliterated out of your life. It's the spirit that does that. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. So it's not just receiving a letter. You've got to receive the spirit. Otherwise, it's just dead. Creeds and dogmas. Ideas that's been passed on by traditions of men down through ages. And you're just taking it all in. No, no, we, we need more than that. We need the Spirit of God. You see, a wheat seed is just a wheat seed until the life gets quickened that's on the inside of it. Then it brings forth other life. Amen. When, which we were, when we were once dead, made in the image of God, yet dead, dead in sins and trespasses. There was some way God had to get this quickening life into our mortal bodies. I'm talking about your body. Now, as the promised Messiah, he quickened every word that was prophesied that he would do. He healed the sick. He, how he would be born of a virgin. It was true. He was the word manifested here on earth, but he could not do just that as a as man. It took the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of him to quicken these promises to him. He said, I hope that we get this real clear. Jesus being a man himself, the body, but it took the spirit in him. It's not me that doeth the work, but my father that dwelleth in me. He's the one that does the word. Jesus himself was the word because he was, but he was predestinated by the foreknowledge of God. How God's plan was to be, he was sent a redeemer and this redeemer only could be his own son. And then God's promise all the way from the garden of Eden that Jesus would be here. And he was a man born of a virgin, but it took the spirit of God to quicken the word to him. So if it's going to take the spirit to quicken it to Jesus, it's going to take the spirit to quicken it to you. That's why we got to make sure that we don't do anything to hinder the spirit when he moves. He said he was the word quickened for that hour. The time had come when you would have to have a redeemer. The law had failed. All things, other things had failed. It takes a redeemer. He was quickened to that by the spirit. And he said that that same spirit that was upon him to be the redeemer in that age, that we have accepted now the promises of this last day, what would take place? And you become a part of that word and you're redeemed with him because the same spirit that dwelt in him is now dwelling in you. And it's quickening your life to this age. It would be nice if some of your lives would get quickened to a service. <laughs> but he said he's going to quicken to this age. 
Quicken your mortal bodies, resurrect you, bring them up again. And that takes away the gloom that we're looking at. Oh, God. Oh, my. Yes, Brother Timothy, the gloom. Did you not see what's going on in the world and all the things that are happening? Gloom. What is gloom? Gloom is partial or total darkness. It's a dark, shadowy place. It's a lowness of spirit. It's a dejection, an atmosphere of despondency. Let me read a few on gloom. I kind of just broke into this study right at the last. So may the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ move down. What? He said the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ move down and settle down and come over this audience and all the glooms of fear and doubt and unbelief be moved all away. Just a touch of your presence and they will receive it. Just move the gloom back enough that our spiritual eyes can be open to see what's standing in the building tonight. Amen to where we can see you and your presence is omnipotent. Oh, hallelujah. And when omnipotence speaks, miracles take place. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, God, may may, may all the gloom that we've seen around us and the world and things that are going on, we're going to get there. What what that gloom's there for? Amen. It's there for a purpose. Amen. But let it it be just pushed back in the service tonight. And all of a sudden... We don't see our son that's been sitting out there away from God. We see him right here at the altar. We don't see our body all wore down by sickness and some disease, maybe cancer or sugar diabetes or something. But all of a sudden, we see our body well. And we begin to walk into it. And we begin to move that direction. Why? Because there's something quickened to us. But all the gloom's got to be driven back. It's what Brother Tim said the other day. You got to fight. The devil comes in every service to try to put down doubt and fear and unbelief and try to say, well, this is just a Wednesday night. No need to get, in, get all worked up or get excited or to get enthused about nothing. It's work tomorrow and you got bills to pay and you got this to do and you got that to do and you got this going on. You got next week and you got next month and what are we gonna do next year? 10 years down the road, where are you gonna be? And he's settling down with gloom. But if we can let the spirit of God begin to move. As it would move over the earth that we're standing on. As it was set in a dark place. And it was all in a dark, uh, messed up condition. And God said, let there be light. And the spirit, we moved out with that word. And it began to woo. And it began to move this direction and woo. And it would move over here and it woo. Then the preacher would go down this road and it would woo. And he would come back over here and he would woo. What's he trying to do? Get seeds to come out of the dark. Get seeds to come out of the light, uh, out of the darkness into the light. Get seeds to rise up above the muck of the world and all the things the devil tries to put. If we could just get that enough, we could see there's angels of fire. They've come into this place like lightning. 
And they've come into our midst. And they said, hey, that seal that's held you is not going to hold you no more. That thing that's kept you in, it's not going to hold you there no more. That pride, that arrogance, that stuff, that's not going to hold you no more. Amen. But I have an answer. Come on now. Oh, my. I said, tonight, maybe a cancer has conquered you. Maybe something else has taken you, some disease of sin or whatever. It may look dark and gloomy to you now. It may look like you'll never recover. It may look like you can't get over that prostate trouble or that lung trouble or that TB or that tumor or that crippled condition. The doctor may say every hope is gone, but standing right by your side tonight, ready to take you in possession, stands the eyes of faith who sees the victory yonder through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Away with Satan and his gloom. Away with Satan and his gloom. And up with the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on now. Tune in just for a moment. Tune in just away with Satan and his gloom. And up with the faith of the Lord. Faith that can take his stand on the rock of ages and pierce an eagle eye through every stormy cloud and every wave of death and disappointment. And it'll stand there and it'll look right straight and say, God is right. Come on now. God is right. So why are you preaching so hard, Brother Timothy? Because I feel the gloom that's here tonight. Amen. Feel it pressing, trying to keep you down, trying to keep you in a, in a just a, a mood. Well, I tell you what, it's Wednesday night. I work late. I'm tired. Tomorrow I got to get up and go to work again. It's trying to keep you in a gloom. It's trying to keep you from missing your opportunity for the sky to break out. Man, look all around me. What's happening? Angels begin to sing. I'll never forget preaching there in Belgium. Amen, Brother Isaiah von Bebronis. He sat here just a few months ago on that pew right there, second row with his wife. He was in a lot of gloom. Just a few months before, his dad had been taken away off the scene. The Lord had taken him on the other side. A wonderful Christian man. Lovely man. Lovely spirit. Just sitting there on on a stairwell and just went over. Gone. And Isaiah was out there in the world. And his, his, his daddy's one desire to see Isaiah serve God. And here Isaiah finds himself on a Friday night at a, at a, at a youth meeting of all things. And he comes there with his wife and his family. And there's a preacher all the way from Louisiana who just happens to be preaching on born of the fire. And how that you have to be born in the presence of God. Amen. You've ordered it all your life, but there is a presence that can come upon you that will change you from an old worthless person and worthless hypocrite into a son or daughter of God. And I talked about those redwoods or sequoias out there in California, how that they drop seeds down to the ground. And then and, and it's proven that it takes fire for those seeds to come to life. If they don't get that atmosphere, that burning of fire, they never come and become mighty trees. I said, but here tonight, some seeds, and God's wanting to turn them into mighty trees. 
God's going to want to raise them up and show, I am the God over Europe. I am the God over European ideas, European influence. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. This man finds himself down on the altar. Me and Brother David Mayer begin to pray for him. The music wasn't hardly playing. I don't believe anybody was even singing. And he raises his hands up all at once and begins to scream to the top of his lungs. What was he doing? He seemed past the gloom. He seemed past the despondency. He seemed past all the doubt and unbelief. And he said, hey, God, you're not just my daddy's God. You're my God, too. And he began to hear the most beautiful singing he ever heard in his life. And I told Brother Isaiah, I said, I'll tell you who it was. There's rejoicing in the presence of angels. God allowed your daddy to look over the banister and say, look here, son. There's your son coming to the God tonight. Here he is. Amen. What was it? He got a glimpse beyond the gloom. Why do you think Ron Spencer's lasted as long as he's lasted? He's gave me permission for this tonight. I texted him a few things and he said, he said, I remember when I was under a lot of gloom. He said, I got diagnosed with cancer. He said, fear set over me and gloom. Never see my grandkids rugger. Never see this. No more Thanksgivings. No more things he loves and enjoyed. He said, I was going down. He said, but God sent two men. One from Louisiana and one from Tennessee. They came and knocked on his door. Said, we come to cast that spirit of fear out. And tongues fell in the room. And what was it? God pushed back the darkness. And got a glimpse of another realm that God said, if you would trust me, I'll use you like never before. But what happened? The gloom was broke off of his life. That's what God is trying to do in this service right now. There's gloom on you and you're trying to hold it down and the devil's pushing and pushing and pushing. But if you'll just throw those hands up and start praising the Lord and get a catch on a glimpse of another dimension, you realize God is my provider. He's my savior. He's all I ever had need of. Away with Satan and his gloom. Away with Satan and his gloom. I say taste and see. Taste and see. Give God a chance. See if he'll take and he'll give you glory for your misery. He'll give you happiness for your gloom. He'll give you health for your sickness. He'll give you the Holy Ghost for your theology. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's give him a chance on the Wednesday night. Let's give him a chance and taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, he's full of mercy. He's full of grace. He's not going to run out, but he's got enough for me. He's full of healing. He's full of power. Taste and see. Get another drink tonight. See if he won't break that gloom off your life and those spirits are trying to hold you down. Oh, you can stand and you stay on your feet. Hallelujah. He said, it's an awful thing. A shadow of darkness always makes you so upset. 
And you know, everybody said, keeps saying, oh, get next to yourself. He said, how can you do something when something's haunting you like that? Don't you believe that, sister? Don't you know that to be the truth? Oh, Father, here's some mother's darling baby, perhaps some man's wife, some child's mother, and she stands here with a lot of gloom. Satan is making her nervous. He would have had her commit suicide. He'd have sent her to an insane asylum, caused her to sit in a padded cell against the wall, but she came forward to confess her love to you. Woo! Hallelujah! And may the Holy Spirit now move down and drive this enemy away and may it leave her and never return again and she be happy all the rest of her life and free from disease and this disease and affliction in Jesus' name. Has it left your sister? That's right. You feel it's gone now. Now you can raise your head. Oh, hallelujah. Now you can raise your head. Now you can go off the platform happy and rejoicing and praising God. Come on now. The devil said, you're never going to get to yourself. You're never going to get victory. You're never going to have joy. I'm going to take you down to an early grave. I'm going to cause you to give your life, take your life. But there's a spirit that's moved in this building. And it's moving down and it's touching hearts and it's touching life. It's like, ah, that ain't for you. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're mine. I'll never forget as I was in, in uh, uh, Poland one time preaching through a, uh, a woman interpreter. They didn't have nobody else. She was a teacher of English. And she was translating the message, and God had dealt with me. That's a longer story, but just a short of it. On the, on the preacher thought, on let my people go. And I began to speak about some of these very things of gloom and doubts and unbeliefs. And I said, some, he wants to take all the way down to suicide. And he wants to take their life and take them to an early grave. And I'm preaching along, and then I've realized... I lost her. She ain't, she's not translating. Look at her. Tears just coming. She's got her head and her hands in her head. Her head in her hands. She's crying. And she said, give me a minute, Brother Timothy. And she starts mumbling the words and trying to keep back up. And I just laid my hand over and began to pray for her. And as God began to move in that building, she would later testify to me in a car on our way to the pastor's house with the pastor and his wife. And she's translating. She would tell me in English. She said, Brother Timothy, just this very week, I try to take my life. I tried to end it all. I said, there ain't nothing I got to give for God. I said, but now I've heard the words tonight that I have been set free. And I want you to know, Brother Timothy, you came so this gloom could be broke off my life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I'm here tonight. I'm here to break gloom off of your life. Hallelujah. The devil's been trying to put it on me. I said, you devil, you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. You try to put gloom on me and push me down. I'm going to preach harder. I'm going to go harder. And I'm going to tell them, hey, sister, you don't have to be bound by that no more. You can now raise your head. Little bride, you can raise your head. You ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You can start to rejoice right now and you can go home rejoicing. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. He was saying another place, and I don't know where it's at. He said, why is all this gloom around? Why is it around? He said, it's a sign of the coming of the Lord. Listen, let me just bring it down to an individual sense, and then we'll go to a global sense. Individually, when you feel on a Wednesday or a Sunday morning that the devil's pushing on you, that's a sure sign God's got something for you. When you feel him trying to get everything out of order and out of cater, you need to just stop for a minute. Say, wait a minute. God's fixing to do something. God's fixing to move. God's fixing to touch me. God's fixing to minister in a very powerful way. And then you need to stop, not just stop, but turn your thoughts. Say, God, I'm going to look away from that, and I'm going to praise the mighty name. I'm going to lift you, Lord. I'm going to praise you. When you feel this world, it's getting more and more gloomy. Politics are gloomy. World wars and rumors of war, gloomy. No peace. Unsettled everywhere. What's it saying? He's almost here. Just any moment, the dead in Christ is going to rise. And we're going to feel that quickening power. As it swept over those graves, they may have been a teaspoon of ashes, and they've been nothing hardly left of them. All of a sudden, it sweeps down. And it begins to move down White Oak Road till it comes to 546 White Oak Road. And it goes over to Lebanon Graveyard. And it begins to pull up Jerome Butts. It begins to pull up Karen Pruitt. It begins to pull up Little Pruitt. It begins to pull up all those souls that's been laid down through the ages and times of our lives. Laid down as seeds planted in the ground. It may not be nothing but a spoonful of dust. But out of that will rise bodies. Glorified bodies. Theophany bodies. New bodies. God is moving. No pain no more. No discomfort no more. No worries no more. No fears no more. No torment no more. No separation anxieties no more. Nothing of that no more. It's all over. And you on a gloomy morning saying, God, how am I going to get up? How am I going to rise up? How am I going to make another day? How am I going to go another step forward? How am I going to do one more day? Tim, it's time to go home. Hallelujah. Away with the gloom. Away with Satan and his gloom. One day, it'll all be over with. Because that quickening power is going to sweep over that five-foot-five body. It's going to change them. There ain't going to be no more limp. There ain't going to be no more back trouble. There ain't going to be no more wrinkles. There going to be nothing but black hair and a new body. Come on, somebody. How many says, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, sweep to this building right now. Away with this gloom. And up with the presence of God. Away with the gloom of the devil. And up with the praises of God. Right now, somebody needs to press through that gloom. Lift your hands up. Begin to thank the I am. Begin to praise him. Lift your voice, holy people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. 
So if he's a great God, right now, give him great praise. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, God. We lift your name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus, every demon has to flee. Cancer has to leave bodies. Amen. High blood pressure has to go. Sugar diabetes got to go. Sin. Oh, God. Oh, God. May these bones live. You Only you know. Speak. Speak. And let life flow to the bodies. They may not be nothing but dead corpses out there on a barroom stool or there in their living room thinking there ain't no more hope. But there's a little mama speaking. There's a little mama praying. There's a little daddy praising and saying, hey, it ain't too late. God's still rich in mercy. God's still moving. Hallelujah, musician. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, I will praise the Lord. Oh, yes, I will praise the Lord. No matter what tomorrow brings, what it has in store, I bring it on up to the key. Oh, I, I will praise. Satan is going to 